The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts, Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week. Hey, everyone out there. Welcome to Financial Focus Radio. I'm your host, Josh Finelli. Usual co-host, Tyler Simonis, will be joining us for the back half of the show. Uh, keep in mind, we recorded this uh, on Wednesday, so... Uh, if you're listening to it this weekend, we missed a day of data on Friday with markets open. Uh, so if our numbers are a bit off, that's the reason. Uh, it was certainly an eventful Friday two years ago, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, almost a Black Friday, if you will. Uh, many people will remember that was when Jay Powell sort of flipped the script and let people know and let markets know at least that uh, the 0% interest rate regime was over. Uh, it would still be another few months until they first started hiking in 2022. And of course, the market uh, started to climb a bit more and reach its all-time high on January 3rd or 4th uh, of, of that year. But um, it was when markets finally figured out that the zero interest rate, rate regime was over and there was uh, quite a big sell-off the day after Thanksgiving. But uh, in this holiday-shortened week, S&P 500 up about nine-tenths of a percent, just over 4,500 on the S&P. Uh, small caps uh, recovered some early losses, down about two-tenths of a percent for the week, but still uh, rallying dramatically off their lows in the last few weeks. Uh, developed international, essentially unchanged, up six-hundredths of a percent for the first three trading days of the week. And emerging markets uh, up about a quarter percent. Uh, over to the commodity markets, gold up seven dollars on the week to eighteen ninety two an ounce, still uh, below that important uh, psychological level of two thousand bucks an ounce. Uh, Bitcoin certainly doing very well this year, the digital gold, if you will. Uh, oil finished about where it started after a volatile week, uh, seventy seven dollars and change for a barrel of WTI. Uh, got some news out of OPEC. Seems to be a pretty significant amount of disagreement amongst individual OPEC and friends nations. Uh, postponed a meeting that many market participants were expecting a production cut to emerge from. Uh, it appears as if some of those OPEC members uh, need don't want to cut production, of course, because uh, they need the revenues and don't have those low break-evens like we do here domestically. Uh, many U.S. producers now have wrought pretty significant efficiencies out of their energy production and, you know, in the Permian Basin, 30, $35 break-evens. Uh, many OPEC nations need 75 or $80 a barrel oil to balance the budget. Uh, any burden production cut would essentially fall on Saudi Arabia and with, uh, with respect to their uh, pretty astonishing spending plans to try to diversify their economy over the next decade. Not certain that there's agreement about whether or not they're willing to bear that cost. But uh, over to the bond market, 10-year uh, yields, pretty volatile week there as well. But the 10-year finished uh, Wednesday at 4.42%. Uh, yields were falling pretty precipitously into Wednesday uh, when we got a data dump on Wednesday morning. Uh, University of Michigan 5- to 10-year inflation expectations came in uh, significantly hotter than expected at 3.2%. I think it highlights that uh, psychological component of inflation 
that's it's really rooted in expectation. Uh, it sort of revisits that conversation that we've been having over the last couple of months about mild inflation, you know, the two to five percent inflation posing a bigger dilemma for policymakers than extreme inflation. Uh, when there's extreme inflation, everyone in the political, all political actors are in agreement that, you know, something must be done. Uh, but when there's mild inflation, uh, there's not that, you know, there's there's that big trade off between doing what has to be done ultimately, which is uh, clamping down the screws. And, you know, essentially the only way to kill inflation definitively is to steer the economy into recession. But uh, no one wants to be the political actor in charge, of course, when that happens. And so you have that big dilemma with central bankers. Uh, do they want to appear politicized? Uh, going into a big election year, of course, in 2024, uh, the central bank needs to maintain that uh, facade or a veneer of uh, independence. So whether or not they'll cut rates, uh, I don't think that they will. But uh, of course, we'll see. But I think that University of Michigan inflation expectations sort of highlight this idea that uh, inflation has most definitely become psychologically embedded. Uh, and what that means ultimately for companies is that they believe that they'll have pricing power. Uh, and what it means for consumers, also workers, uh, is that they would like to get higher uh, share of, of uh, wages. And ultimately, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy and that, uh, you know, it's feeds that that feedback loop of higher wages begetting higher prices and so on and so forth gets embedded uh, within the economy. But that uh, certainly something to, to take note of is uh, it will be a surprise to the Fed. And of course, as we noted last week, uh, the market has entirely come around to the conclusion that uh, interest rates are done or interest rates are done going up. But more news on the economic data front. U.S. jobless claims hit a five-week low as the labor market remains uh, extremely tight. Jobless claims came in at 209,000 uh, for the week ended November 18th. That's versus expectations uh, of 226,000 and a prior week of 233,000. So definitely a data point that's uh, going to introduce a lot of noise. Those uh, bearish market participants were certainly pointing to uh those jobless claims is, you know, a sign of creeping recession. Uh, University of Michigan consumer sentiment also marginally better than expectations. Uh, finally, durable and capital goods orders both missed. Uh, I think that's a good segue into earnings reports this week that you know, we had Deer, NVIDIA, Best Buy, uh, some consumer names reporting, and Deer, of course, being the largest agricultural equipment maker in the world. Uh, Deer issued a pretty dismal forecast going into 2024, and that's despite relatively high commodity prices. So uh, not something that you want to see as far as boating positively for the future. But uh, NVIDIA, of course, a trillion, uh, $1.2 trillion market cap company, uh, beat Earnings significantly tripling or quarter on quarter, but uh, still the stock declined. Of course, and that stock is uh, priced for perfection, and it's up north of something like 260% this year. But uh, finally, the conference board's leading economic indicator index declined eight-tenths of a percent, and that's good for the 19th month in a row of declining leading economic indicators. Certainly some noise uh, in that figure in that, uh, that just astonishing boom that came in the wake of COVID. Uh, you know, it's always comparisons from that period. So I, I don't know that it's necessarily indicative of the same sense of malaise that you really saw the last time we had this long of a streak of declining leading economic indicators, which was, of course, in 2008 and 2009. But uh, the data certainly points to the conclusion that 
Uh, we're grinding towards a version of a slowdown, uh, whether that's you know more more reminiscent of early 2000 style recession, which I think would be our argument uh, versus a 2008-2009 style recession remains to be seen. But uh, also looking over on the earnings front, you saw Best Buy report this week with pretty dismal guidance. Uh, the consumer definitely seems to be weakening, particularly uh, that lower lower tier consumer. Uh, there's weakness broadly across retail stocks. Uh, you also point, I saw a great article from the Wall Street Journal uh, earlier this week, upper middle income uh, oriented businesses, uh, whether it's Coach, uh, Best Buy, of course, included within that category, but uh, really Nordstrom, another one, but really broad based weakness in those retail stocks. And just to contrast that with Atlanta Fed wage growth figures uh, for October that came out this week, ticked up to 5.2% year on year growth. So I think it just highlights this complete uncertainty as to where we are in the cycle. It appears as if we're grinding lower, markets interpreting that as a positive, uh, meaning the Fed is done raising rates, but inflation uh, still not back to target. And, uh, you know, there's just so much uncertainty and so much noise with respect to each data point. Uh, earnings on the index level are, of course, uh, growing significantly better than expectation, but that's all coming from a very finite number of stocks that are propping up the index. But uh, really seen a lot of rallying in down the cap spectrum, small caps doing extraordinarily well over the last two weeks, uh, just because of all of those concerns around interest rate sensitivity. But then again, you get all of this data that is very noisy, that inflation expectations are becoming embedded. Uh, and from the, the perspective of central bankers, they care a whole lot about expectations. So as always, thanks for joining us. If you want to be part of the show, please give us a call at 877-670-7117. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review, 800-743-0988. Again, Casino's $78,000 Pluck and Play giveaway. This is going to be easy. Win your share of $25,000 every Friday and Saturday. This is going to be awesome. If your name is drawn, you could win $750, $950, or even $1,500 in cash. Holy smokes. Start earning entries now, and Indian Head Casino will let you pluck <laughs> and play for cash. Indian Head Casino's $78,000. $78,000 pluck and play giveaway. Win your share of twenty-five grand every Friday and Saturday. It's another easy way to win big. Unless you're a turkey. Wait a minute. <laughs> 
Sometimes one fast turkey. Indian Head Casino, where winners play. Total cash and prices in November. See the Players Club for details. Fall has arrived in Central Oregon, and there's no better time to head outdoors. Locally owned Finn and Fire has everything to get you dialed in on the water and in the woods. If you're a big game hunter, check out the huge assortment of Sitka gear and Mystery Ranch, including the popular Stone Glacier apparel and packs. Protect your feet while keeping them warm and comfortable. Finn and Fire has the best selection of crispy hunting boots in the region, including insulated models for those cold, crisp days ahead. If you need a new hunting or everyday carry knife, our Benchmade case is full and new models arrive every week. And fishing season is still going strong. The Lower Deschutes is open for steelhead. Set up a guided trip with us. Find a new rod or just ask for some good old-fashioned advice. Fin and Fire is Central Oregon's go-to fly fishing store. Fin and Fire, across from Safeway on Highway 97 in Redmond or online at finandfire.com. Fin and Fire is a fly shop unlike any other. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzy, Rizm Kism of Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzy, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Sky Rizzi. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Sky Rizzi, there's nothing on my skin, and that means everything. doctor today about Sky Rizzi, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzi.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZI to learn more. Connect to the Financial Focus radio show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi-weekly e-news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show. Hey, everyone out there. Thanks for joining us with Financial Focus Radio. Uh, good news for potential home buyers: U.S. mortgage rates have declined to a two-month low, uh, lifting loan applications as potential homeowners take advantage of slightly lower, lower borrowing costs. 30-year fixed rate mortgage rate decreased to 7.4% during the week. Uh, that's from 7.6% the prior week, according to data released by the Mortgage Bankers Association. Rate was last at 7.4% in the week ending uh, September 22nd. Mortgage applications rose about 3% from the prior week to their highest level in six weeks, uh, although they definitely remain at low levels overall. Of course, what's positive for stocks, lower yields, uh, also positive for potential home buyers. Uh, we shall see if that trend continues. Uh, as I mentioned last segment, uh, consumer inflation expectations have actually surprised to the upside. Uh, maybe a lot of that was driven by uh, expectations of higher gas prices, despite them falling. So again, pointing to the true uh, sort of disconnected nature of the data out there, there doesn't seem to be a clear signal other than that we are grinding uh, slightly lower. So potentially into 2024, we'll see uh, anemic economic growth. But uh, as evidenced by the jobless claims this week, I don't know that you're going to see 
uh, high inflation or uh, high unemployment claims associated with uh, previous interest rate hiking cycles. But, of course, that remains to be seen. Turning to Thanksgiving, uh, good news. The American Farm Bureau Federation reports that the cost of providing a traditional Thanksgiving turkey dinner for 10 people this year is 4.5% lower than last year. Uh, according to the Farm Bureau's annual shopping survey, the identical grocery items that cost just over $64 a year ago now cost just $61 and change. Uh, keep that in context, though. The cost of a traditional Thanksgiving dinner is still well elevated above what it was in 2020. Uh, it's gone up about 10% a year, so it's 30% more expensive to provide Thanksgiving dinner uh, than it was just three years ago. Uh, $46.90 being that 2020 figure. But, uh, of course, food food price deflation has uh, weighed against some of the other segments of that are driving inflation, namely housing uh, and, of course, services inflation that you know isn't responsive to interest rates. But this segment, I wanted to sort of tackle a year-end uh, financial checklist. Uh, finances are often a pretty big topic of conversation at the Thanksgiving table. Uh, we certainly see a pretty dramatic uptick in calls, uh, inbound calls, uh, in the wake of Thanksgiving uh, in those final few weeks of the year. But uh, first, you need to max out your retirement contributions for 2023 uh, if you're you have uh, December 20, 31st, 2023 to contribute to your employer plan. And remember, you've got until that April 2024 tax filing deadline to contribute to your, both your traditional or Roth IRAs or when you file taxes, whenever come first. But uh, don't forget your IRA contributions cannot exceed either your earned income for the year or the IRS imposed limits, whichever is less. And depending on your retirement account, you may be eligible for some last minute tax deductions. Uh, number two, Take your required minimum distribution. Uh, if you turn 73 this year, you are mandated to take a required minimum distribution uh, from your traditional uh, traditional retirement accounts. Uh, you're going to want to act before the end of the year. Don't put your advisor uh, in a bind and try to make a request. Remember, it takes two days for Chase to settle. Early December, if you haven't already. Uh, if you turn 73 this year and you're taking an RMD for the first time, you have until April 1st of 2024 to withdraw your RMD, uh, but presumably you would want to space that out over two tax years rather than pile two required minimum distributions into 20. But uh, after that, you'll need to take it before the end of each calendar year. The IRS requires you to take required minimum distributions from uh, retirement accounts such as traditional IRAs and qualified retirement accounts from a former employer. And if you inherited an IRA on or after December 31st of 2020, you're probably subject to the new 10-year rule. That means the account must be liquidated by the end of the 10th year following the year of the original owner's death. So if you've got a beneficiary IRA, don't forget to take that distribution in 2023. Uh, number three on the list, reach your 529 education savings goals with a 2023 contribution. You have until December 31st to contribute to most states' 529 education plans to qualify for a plan tax deduction or credit. Uh, we are pretty strong advocates of uh, the Vanguard Nevada plan here on the show, just based on the low cost, so we don't actually utilize the Oregon plan. It uh, has relatively high fees, but uh, for most people out there using the Oregon plan, remember you've got to make those contributions uh, before the end of the year if you're going to get that minimal uh, tax deduction. Uh, we'd make the argument that uh, a lower cost plan is going to save you more than the tax deduction itself, but if you've got questions about that, you can always email us. Uh, 529 plans are, of course, a great way to give the gift of education while getting a small tax benefit. You can contribute up to 17000 in 2023 for single filers or 34000 if married jointly uh, per beneficiary without triggering the federal gift tax. Um, 
you can contribute more to a 529 account in one year without counting against your lifetime gift, uh, gift tax exemption by super funding the account. Uh, you can make up to five years worth of contributions all at once to reduce your estate. Uh, number four, complete a Roth conversion by December 31st of 2023. You have the, until the end of the year to complete a Roth conversion for the 2023 tax year. Uh, that involves taking money from your traditional IRA, moving it to your Roth IRA. Of course, you are liable for the tax liability associated with the amount that you convert. Uh, we always make the recommendation that to allow the post-conversion amount of money to continue compounding, try to pay the tax liability that that conversion generates with money from cash on hand. Do not forget that a conversion is a taxable event. Uh, or ordinary income tax on any pre-tax amounts that you moved. So try to pay it out of your joint account, or if you have money in savings, uh, that's where you want to pay the liability from. Don't do it internal to the conversion. Uh, timing matters there, too. Um, deciding when to convert often hinges on uh, whether your tax rate will be higher now versus later. So if it's a year where you didn't make a lot of ordinary income already, you may want to convert more uh, than you have in previous years. Conversely, if it's a year where you have a relatively high income compared to prior years, you may not want to contribute uh, as much. Uh, fifth thing, uh, take advantage of charitable giving, tax benefits, charitable giving. Uh, donations can be made by December 31st. Uh, you can deduct up to 60% of your 2023 adjusted gross income for cash gifts made to a qualifying charity. Uh, and finally, if you're going to do a qualified charitable distribution, uh, if you're age 70 and a half and older, that's sending money directly from your traditional IRA to a qualifying 501c3. Uh, give your advisor a really good lead time on that one. Uh, early December, tell them where you want it to go. We've got a lot of clients that we're, we're still waiting on direction from, and it's always very stressful making sure that those things go out before the end of the year. But uh, the benefits of, of, of a qualified charitable distribution are twofold. allows you to meet your RMD requirements and reap the tax benefits but uh, get those done as soon as you can. Make those elections and, uh, and fund it now. Finally, uh, number six, check your financial health. Uh, year end's a great time to make sure you're up to date on updating beneficiaries, uh, open enrollment and still open, review your elections, update if needed, but uh, just review all your accounts, check your asset allocation, uh, make sure if you need to rebalance. Uh, end of year is always a prime time to see if your asset allocation is getting out of whack. You maybe need to do some tax loss harvesting, uh, but get your accounts in line uh, to start the year 2024. As always, if you want to be part of the show, please give us a call, 877-670-7117. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. The most news, the most traffic, the most weather. FM 100.1 is News Talk 1110, KBND, Ben. There's so much to love about a Subaru, from making wishes come true to helping our community thrive. Over the last 15 years, Subaru has donated over $250 million to national and local charities. Get a great vehicle in support of great cause. Now through January 2nd, during the 2023 Subaru Share the Love event, with every new Subaru purchase or leased, Subaru will donate $250 to your choice of national charities, ASPCA, Meals on Wheels, National Park Foundation, or Make-A-Wish. And Subaru event will also donate an additional $50 to our local Guardian Group for a total of $300 per vehicle to charities. 
Share the safety. Share the reliability. Share the love with Subaru of Ben. Ben's last family-owned dealership and now one of the world's largest Subaru dealerships. They have something for everyone. Subaru of Ben on Highway 20 near the big American flag or at SubaruofBen.com. The Thomas Family Dealership serving Central Oregon since 1937. See retailer or Subaru.com share for details. Michael Hernandez, a medical provider at One Peak Medical Group, talking about the impact of low testosterone. Men who are experiencing chronic fatigue, they're tired all the time. They're constantly needing to nap or over-caffeinated for certain things. If you are much more stressed out, if you're less motivated to do the things that you used to enjoy doing in your life, recent weight gain, then you find it now harder to lose the weight than before. Or just if you feel like you're going to the gym and you're not seeing any leaner muscle build. It's also erectile dysfunction, decreased libido can be signs of low testosterone. We look at just the person's current lifestyle what your diet looks like, are you exercising, are you physically active, what do you do for work. From there, we, we look at your other comorbidities. What else are you dealing with, hypertension, diabetes, different things like that, which are the more common that can cause chronic overall inflammation in the body and decrease some hormone production. Michael Hernandez, book your appointment online at onepeakmedical.com, covered by most insurance companies. About 100 years ago, Ben started up as a lumber town with mostly small wooden homes built to shelter the mill workers. Today, it's a bustling city of startups and established businesses with a tremendous variety of homes built to enjoy the outdoor lifestyle. For more than half of that century, Duke Warner Realty has been here to help people buy and sell those homes. Family owned and operated since 1967, Duke Warner has a team of brokers who know the community and the market inside out. With many decades of expertise in the central Oregon area, we're your friends and neighbors who believe that combining old-fashioned hard work with the newest technologies gives you the competitive edge. We'll walk you through the listings, the comps, the offers, the counteroffers, the inspections, the escrow, the closing. We'll even walk you through the walkthrough until finally the celebration. So if you're ready to move now or anytime in the next hundred years, contact Duke Warner Realty because when it comes to real estate, you can't fake experience. Commander, you've spent two years in space. What's been the biggest adjustment since you've been back? Well, the last couple of years have been pretty unusual. But since I've been back on terra firma, I've had a heightened awareness of Earth's gravity and its effects on the body. Yes, right there. Do you have a plan for dealing with that? Yes, I'm returning to a regular routine at the ACB. The ACB? The Athletic Club of Bend. The adrenaline rush I got during re-entry was amazing. I'm going to reproduce that by transitioning from weightlessness to pumping weights with swimming, running, spinning, tennis. You know, in space, it never changes. But down here... We've got to prepare for the upcoming season. That's for sure. And what I really like is being part of another like-minded community, alive with its own sort of kinetic energy. And the ACB has way more space than when I was actually in space. Sounds like a stellar plan. <laughs> the Athletic Club of Bend. For fitness, for fun, for friends, for family. Just go to athleticclubofbend.com. listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows on iTunes or find us on northwestquadrantwealth.com. Welcome back. If you'd like to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a video, five or six minute video in the middle and end of every month where we talk about what's going on in these good old things called the capital markets and uh, what we're doing about it as it relates to our clients' money. But you don't have to be a client to get added to the list. Go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. And just enter your email in there, and we'll get you added to the e-newsletter list. And that's the only thing we'll send you. So I brought this up last week, um, and we had, I had some takers on me sending the email with the information. But um, one of the salespeople from New York Life uh, aggregated, or New York Life aggregated all of the actively managed and actually passively managed mutual fund companies uh, in an alphabetical list with hyperlinks to their website. Uh, and it, it, 
it lists all of their capital gain estimates for the month that, you know, that they're going to pay out in December. Um, and so it's in one list. And so if you have actively managed, or if you have mutual funds in your account at all, um, and you want me to send you this list, I can just go to our website and, and send me an email and just, uh, just say, can you send me the capital gain estimate list? And I will send it to you. And then you can figure out if the funds that you own in your account have capital gain distributions coming out. So just go to our website, Northwest Quadrant Wealth, and just say, send me the capital gain estimate list. And most every fund is on there. So and it's cool because it's a hyperlink. Um, so total U.S. credit card debt, debt had a record $1.08 trillion in the third quarter, rising almost 17% over the last year. Uh, meanwhile, the average interest on U.S. credit card balances moved up to 21.2%. Uh, with data going back to 1994, that's the highest we've ever seen. Needless to say, more debt at a higher interest rate is not a good combo. The share of credit card balances in delinquency has moved up to 8%. That's the highest since, guess when? The global financial crisis. And over 6% of subprime auto borrowers are at least 60 days later in their payment. That's the highest percentage on record. So, you know, there are definitely signs that the consumer is cracking. Um, and what Josh and I were talking about last week is that a lot of people, um, in order to keep their sort of lifestyle going and to keep up with the Joneses situation going, uh, they've been doing it through credit because um, their cash flow has declined precipitously depending on what they're doing. So um, this says a lot about the economy going forward. Obviously, you can only do that for so long. The last time this happened, interest rates were a lot lower on credit. Uh, and so, you know, you, you don't want to be borrowing lots of money at 21 plus percent. It's not, it's, the math isn't good. The excess saving debate. The excess savings debate has been a big one. And I think... Yeah, but it's with one age group. Yeah, I, I just think that... It was underestimated the extent to which excess savings were there, and it was all looked at as a form of like stimulus checks and whatever else. And the truth is, is like that consumer never really mattered anyway. But uh, yeah, I mean, but the baby boom generation is where all that excess credit yeah, savings is, and you know, they're they're the only thing that matters as it relates to the broader economy at this point. So well, they're the only ones keeping us afloat. Yeah. Like if it wasn't for them. We would definitely. I just think that there's been a big underestimation of the baby boomers' excess savings, and uh, but you know the, that lower end tier, lower tier consumer is definitely feeling the pain. There's just no question about it. And generationally, millennials uh, and Gen X are also feeling that pain too. What's funny in the perch that we sit in, the job that we do is we we have lots of because we have clients across all generations, right? And so doing this job, it's interesting because you get to see like it's not a surprise to Josh and I because our baby boomer clients are flush with cash and in the, in the best financial situation they've ever been. Um, but you know, you look at the policymakers and the people at the Fed, and it's like a shock to them. But if they sat where we sat, you know, everything is a shock to them because they sit in their ivy tower. All right, let's tackle some email questions. This comes from Rob. Uh, I have about $3,000 left in my daughter's 529 college savings plan. My ex-wife has about 8000 left on her end. Uh, our daughter has graduated and is not planning to get an advanced degree. It's my understanding that new rules allow unused 529 money to be rolled into a Roth IRA in the child's name after taxes are paid up front. Would this be a good move? So, Rob, you're correct. Um, here's here's the change that was made as part of CARES Act 2.0. So, uh, starting in 2024, um, money in a 529, up to $35,000 can be moved to a Roth IRA in the name of the beneficiary. So, in your case, Rob, your daughter. You guys were the owners. She was the beneficiary. So, you can move the 529 money into a Roth IRA uh, for the beneficiary. So in your case, like I said, your daughter. Um, the, here's, here's the caveats, though. You, the 529 has to have existed for 15 years, so that money has to have existed for 15 years. So hopefully, because she's probably 21 or 2, you've uh, had this 529 for 15 years, so you hopefully you can check that box. Then the other thing is you can only um, convert uh, up to the amount that she makes or the $6,500 Roth IRA contribution limit. Let, next year, I think it's going to go to 7000 so let's call it 7000 So you can't move $35,000 all at once. You can only move 
uh, if she has at least $7,000 in her earned income, you can move that per year until you get to the $35,000 number. So um, I have 529 plans for my kids, Josh has them for, for his kids. I don't know if Josh is going to be as generous as I am. Uh, I guess that's a TBD to see how his kids turn out. But uh, I'm going to, as it is now, so Finn and Reese, if you guys are listening, you better behave. As it is now, I'm, I'm going to um, convert their 529s uh, up to the $35,000 limit because it's a, you know, for, if you think about an 18-year-old with a Roth IRA that gets contributed to, that's a uh, huge head start in terms of um, saving for retirement. You have my son and daughter, they'll have, you know, 60 years of tax-free uh, growth, and then when they take it out, it'll be uh, tax-free as well. So, uh, Rob, you were correct. You guys can do it. Just make sure she has earned income. The, the 529 has been held for 15 years, um, and don't go above the contribution limit. And the, let's say, it's a, like, my kids' 529s and Josh's kids' 529s are Vanguard. <laughs> when I call Vanguard to talk to them about it, uh, they're, they're still working out the details. And they said, call us back in December or January. Well, we might have 20, figured out. It doesn't go live until 2020. Yeah, until next year. Yeah. But, you know, you, you would hope that we're, you know, we're a month and a half away. They would I mean, I somewhat figured out. At this point, it's so far down the road. Like, I envisage for you spending that money, you know, on education. But uh, in an ideal world, I guess I can pay for it out of cash flow. But... Yeah, well, just start work harder. Just stop being a baby. God. Yeah. I know that's what your wife tells me when she texts me. Josh is such a baby. <laughs> send them the finale bros to, uh, to state school. There you go. Hey, I went to state school. It worked out for me. Yeah. Uh, so did you. What are you talking about? So this email comes from Joseph. Uh, I have a mutual fund and a Roth IRA that are actively managed by a broker. It's funny that people still call them brokers. The accounts have not done well. I would like to withdraw them from the broker and reinvest them on my own. How do I safely and securely withdraw them from the broker? What paperwork and fees should I expect? So it sounds like he has a taxable mutual fund account and a Roth IRA. He wants to know how he goes about taking them over. You're going to have to initiate a transfer request from the side where you're ultimately moving it. And you know, the account, where the account is, is likely going to levy some version of an uh, account closure fee on each account. But that transfer request has to initiate where you're actually moving it. So if you're moving it to Schwab or Vanguard or Fidelity, uh, LPL, wherever it ends up, uh, they're the side that actually has to initiate the transfer and pull it over. Well, well, if you're making a lot of assumptions about Joseph, so Joseph, I would back up and say, first you have to decide where you want to move it, right? So if you're going to manage it yourself, you have to say, okay, what are my best options in terms of places that are going to give me support and help me do this, all the things that I'm trying to do? So like Josh said, probably it, I would tell you to move to a Vanguard or a Schwab. Probably Schwab is going to be the best. So reach out to that side first and say, here's what I'm trying to do. And then they'll let you know all of the paperwork uh, that you're going to need to fill out so that Schwab can pull the money from your broker. Let's say they're at Merrill Lynch or Jones or one of those places. That, that money can be pulled. So they will, they will give you the paperwork that you need. Um, and, and Joseph and everybody else out there, you know, the one thing that you want to think about is, is you're going to do an in-kind transfer, because, especially because you have a taxable investment account. You don't want anything sold and to incur tax liability if you don't need to. So you can do an in-kind transfer and move all of the securities uh, that you own where they are now and move them as they are to the new firm. And then you can make changes as applicable. So first thing you need to do is figure out where you want to move it. And, and the, big, the big custodians, the Fidelities, the Schwabs, and the Vanguard, you reach out to them, tell them what you're trying to do. Uh, and they're obviously well-equipped to, to um, g you know, give you the correct information that you're going to need to move that account. All right, thanks for that, Joseph. Uh, well, uh, let's see, if you want to be part of the show, you can give us a call, 877-670-7117. You can always email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we haven't done this in a long time, but I couldn't resist. Shane Louis, stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our opportunity as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. 
Again, 800-743-0988. We love it here, and we think you will too. Welcome to Alpine Meadows. Beautifully kept landscaping, Alpine Meadows has one-bedroom apartments and two- and three-bedroom townhomes that include washer and dryer, beautiful decks, patios, and designer kitchens. Alpine Meadows is conveniently located next to the Dallas-California Highway and minutes away from Orchard Park's nature trails, a place proud to call home. Google Alpine Meadows townhomes, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. You enjoy the quiet life, but... You like being close to the action. Living that fits you is at Mountain Glen Apartments, located five minutes away from the Bend River Promenade and downtown area. Mountain Glen's units feature designer oak cabinets, and their two- and three-bedroom units come with washer and dryer hookups. Relax with mountain views from your patio or deck. Mountain Glen Apartments Bend, corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. The stories no one else can bring you are here. FM News 100.1, 1110 KBND. to enjoy going to church again? Check us out at Holy Communion, an independent Catholic church where all are truly welcome. Join us for Mass on Saturdays at 5 o'clock or Sundays at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock and enjoy going to church again at Holy Communion. For over a century, local broadcasting has evolved with the needs of the community. We move past the stigmas of opinion journalism and bring the most relevant news online, on air, and on the go. You have trusted us with your news, sports, weather, and entertainment. Trust us to keep moving with you. Text RADIO to 52886 and tell Congress local broadcasting is here to stay. We're going abroad for the first time in years to Spain. But we don't speak Spanish. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. Babbel's conversational method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿De dónde eres? ¿De dónde eres? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Estoy muy emocionado para ir a España contigo. Aw, he just said, I'm very excited to go to Spain with you. Nos vamos a divertir mucho. And that means we're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> sí. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. Hopefully you are uh, enjoying your weekend. It's, I can't believe it's holiday season already, but uh, hopefully if you are going to visit friends or relatives for Thanksgiving, uh, you do it safely. Uh, and it's going to be a little cheaper Thanksgiving this year, whether it be the fuel you're putting in your car or the food you put on the table. It's going to be a little bit cheaper than it was last year, definitely cheaper than it was two years ago. So uh, I am not in the uh, business of patting the governors of the state of Oregon on the back, but I am going to do it in this case 
And I will say that Tina Kotex so far has not been uh, what I thought she was going to be, <laughs> um, you know, and especially based on how she campaigned. Um, and here's a good example of that. And so I, I'm giving her a pat on the back for this. Um, in July of this year, she signed into law uh, SB 498, which provides a new Oregon estate tax exemption for up to $15 million of natural resource property that is used in a decedent's farming, forestry, or fishery business. So one of the things that was a big problem here in the state of, well, I should back up. The state of Oregon is one of the worst places to die if you have any money from an estate tax point of view. So the state of Oregon, uh, if you have a, a, above, anything above a million dollars, that is going to be taxed at 16%. So take the federal exemption out of the equation. I'm just talking about the state of Oregon. So you know, a million dollar uh, estate is not hard to get to when you think about an IRA, a house, maybe some life insurance. A lot of people get to that million dollars really quickly, and then every penny above there is going to be taxed at 16%. And so when you think about the state of Oregon, and, and, I, and I'm, now I'm talking about east of the mountains for the most part, uh, there are giant farms. I guess there's farms all over the state of Oregon. I should walk that back. Uh, but then, you know, we have these big ranches east of, of here that are worth a lot of money. You know, a lot of them have timber on them or whatever it might be that are worth staggering sums of money. Um, and, you know, these are farms and ranches that have been in families uh, here in the state of Oregon for generations, you know, going back before uh, Oregon was even a state. And so, uh, you know, because of that estate tax problem, most of these farmers, because of what, are they, do, what they do or, or, or ranchers, don't ha if they have a $20 million or $25 million uh, ranch, you know, you don't have the extra cash laying around to pay the estate tax. So what was happening in the state of Oregon was that these families were having to sell these, these just legacy ranches that were, you know, sort of like I think of that – ridiculous TV show, the Yellowstone. It's not quite like that, but they were having to sell these uh, ranches to pay the estate tax. And so what Tina Kotek did was to say, okay, well, that is ridiculous. We should pre preserve some of this. Now, 50 million is not enough in a lot of cases, but it's certainly better than where it was. So good on you. I appreciate the fact that she thought about it, that she changed uh, the law. And so if you are in the farming, forestry, or fish fishing business in the state of Oregon, and that encompasses a lot of what I'm talking about, um, that $15 million exemption applies. So that's, that's a good one. Um, and, you know, that stuff can be dealt with from the state t planning tax standpoint, but it's, it's often difficult to do because even that's really expensive from a cash flow standpoint uh, for, these, for these businesses. All right, let's talk about uh, the shame this week. And, and, oh, right on, Tim. I didn't know you still had that. Uh, we used to do it every week, and so uh, this week, you know, is a, is a serial uh, shamer, and that's Edward Jones. And so when Josh and I look at this business model, we're like, is it 1987 or 2023? Uh, because we, we were like, okay, what specifically are they doing that is a shame? And there's just so many things to list. We, we, we just were, we thought we'd go through them really quickly. So, um, you know, Edward Jones first. If you have an Edward Jones account, uh, Josh and I can tell what's in that account without actually looking at your statements. And so we say to yourself, well, why is that? Well, because they they have either proprietary mutual funds, so they're the last firm on the business that, uh, on the planet that still has proprietary mutual funds that are called Bridge Builder. And we'll talk about these more in a second. Or they have these relationships with these uh, six different mutual fund companies and four or five different insurance companies that get the bulk of their business. When I say the bulk, like 98% of their advisor's business. And you say, wait, so I own XYZ Mutual Fund not because it's the best for me, but because it's the best for Edward Jones. And why is it the best for Edward Jones? Because those companies, in order to be on that list, have to do a bunch of revenue sharing back to Edward Jones to be on that anointed list. So the 14,000 advisors that make up the Edward Jones sales force are going to be putting you in those products and almost those products exclusively because it's good for Edward Jones because they're probably part of a profit sharing 
plan that is at Edward Jones. And so that makes them very profitable. So if you look on the Edward Jones website, you can see the revenue sharing agreements they have. And you can see how much money they made uh, from these revenue sharing agreements with these fund companies and these insurance companies. And it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars uh, that they're making, not because it's good for you, their client, because it's good for Edward Jones. And they do disclose it. So like buyer beware. But I would just think to myself, wait, guess what fund company is not on that list? Vanguard, right? Because the fees are too low. There's not enough revenue sharing. So it, it, that's, that's sort of the first shape. Now I mentioned these bridge builder funds. Um, what Edward Jones also was doing, and they got sued for this, is their advisors were moving their clients' money that they'd paid sales commissions on, and let's say A-share mutual funds, and moving them to these fees, fee accounts and putting them in these bridge builder uh, funds. They got sued for churning. Um, and so not only are they moving them into these funds in a fee account after they already paid a sales charge, you can't take these funds with you if you lead Ever Jones. And so the problem there is let's say you have a taxable investment account, they put you in these things and they're not they're they're relatively high in fees and their performance isn't great. And let's say you've owned these things since twenty fifteen or twenty twelve and you know, they, they haven't killed it, but the market's gone up a lot since then. And let's say you have all of these gains that you haven't realized. In order for you to move your account, that taxable account, Edward Jones, you would have to sell all of those bridge builder funds and, yes, pay the taxes in order to leave. So they, they, they have trapped you. The, the idea that this is legal to me is sort of ridiculous. It, it, they should be transferable anywhere. But back up. I mean, that's a great segue into the idea that they still are actually doing A-share mutual fund business. <laughs> There's people still paying front end loads to buy A-share mutual funds just like in the 1980s or the early 1990s. That still exists. So they're paying almost a 6%, 5.75% commission, upfront commission on their, let's say you put 100 grand in, you're paying $5,750 to buy that mutual fund when you can buy the same exact mutual fund at, for zero on one of these, uh, you know, a Schwab or one of these Fidelity, these supermarket platforms for mutual funds. And, oh, by the way, the, one you're, the version of the fund you're going to buy at, at, at Schwab of that same fund, let's say it's Growth Fund of America, you're going to buy a, a share class that is half the management fee of the A share that the Edward Jones broker sold you. So the idea that they're still doing that business, like Josh is right, is, is mind-boggling. Like why would anybody pay an upfront commission to buy a mutual fund? That, that business should be gone. It shouldn't exist anymore. But they're the ones that are still doing it. It's, it's mind-boggling. So you know, there are good people, and we talk about these firms, there are good people at these firms, but the firm is set up, if you're a client of the firm, at least one to work against you. John Day yelling at a radio right now. <laughs> Better watch out. I'm going to give you your address. All right, if you want to be part of this program, give us a call, 877-670-7117. You can always email us by going to our website, uh, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Uh, when we come back, this is, this is a good segment. Josh came up with this one. It's, we're going to talk about individual bonds versus bond funds or bond ETFs, the difference, why that's important. So stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on northwestquadrantwealth.com. 